are back on the Heart and Hustle podcast. It's been a minute. Scheduling's been rough, people. That's that's really all I can say. Holidays, Scott and Ez and his TV schedule, me and the Lakeland Magic schedule. Though that's like the third priority, I have to say. We got a lot to get into. Uh, the Orlando Magic losing to the Oklahoma City Thunder in their previous game. Taco Fall is in Orlando to play against the Magic. Trade deadline right around the corner. If you are listening for the first time, Nicky Football here. I am Nick Renowitz. You can follow me on Twitter at ESPN580. Nick, he is Scott Inez. You can follow him at Inez Says, A-N-E-Z. S-E-Z. Uh, you can hear him weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando from 4 to 6. You can hear me with him and as well as 6 to 8 on ESPN 580 FM 96.5 HD2. Uh, it's been a minute, buddy. Yeah, we, got a, we got a ton to get into. Yeah. Um, the last time I think we talked, the Magic were headed out on the six-game road trip. They go 3-3 three and three on that trip. Uh, mm-hmm. They leave with DJ Augustine. They come back without <laughs> DJ Augustine. Uh, Markel Fultz close down the Lakers. Uh they the Magic pick up a nice win in Charlotte to go 3 and 3 and then come home and stumble against Oklahoma City in kind of an uneven game that saw Terrence Ross take over. So, where do you want to start here? Uh, well, let's start with a road trip. Um you always want more, right? You always want to get greedy. I think, you know, at the end of the season, at the end of the road trip, you're looking at that 3 and 3 trip going, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad because I've seen many a Magic team go out west and absolutely fall flat on their face. Luckily, you get that one-point win in L.A. over the L.A. Lakers. Yeah. Um, should you have had that Golden State game? Yes. You're up 13 to nothing early, and all of a sudden, you yeah, fall that one flat stings. on your face. That one stings. My, my, expectation change, my expectations change as we go through sure. the road trip. And after you beat the Lakers and you're 2-1 and one and you're up 13 nothing on Golden State, I'm thinking – Hey, here's a W tonight. Sure. There's a W Monday afternoon. And then we're going to go four and two on this trip without DJ Augustine for most of it. And this team's going to have some momentum. And instead, you fall flat on your face and recover nicely Look, against Charlotte. It's inexplicable because you go into LA and face a Laker team that had won 10 consecutive basketball games. And somehow, some way, you beat LeBron on that night without Evan Fournier, right? Without DJ Augustine. They made without a backup everything point guard. in that okay, game. Okay. But, but then. You go to Golden State, a team that has lost 10 consecutive basketball games, and and you lose big time in that game. So it's just you you never know what's going to happen in this league. Now, before the season started, back in August, we were talking about the schedule. We were. Right, and we looked. Well, I always For the look first at time in our in the history of us working together. I'll say this: you said, you know what, Nick. I like the schedule. I, first time ever, ever thirty years. First time I I do like the schedule, but what I did not like was. A six-game road trip. You don't mind the five out west, but then you got to come back east, in Charlotte. right? Yeah. You got to come back east, and you got to finish in Charlotte. And, and I think we both said uh, on this podcast that was a scheduled loss. That the Magic were going to go to Charlotte, and they were going to lose that basketball game. I give a lot of credit after the Golden State game, and we had Steve Clifford on Fox Sports Florida after the game, and he he was very curt. He was very short. He was very to the point, and he basically came out and said, look, when you're fatigued like this and when you're down and out and injured, your best players, your best players have to step up. Well, the message was received in that locker room in San Francisco, California that night because a couple of nights later, the Magic came out and dismantled the Hornets there in Charlotte with Nikola Vucevic having, what, 24, Evan Fournier, 26, and Terrence Ross had 19 points on yeah. that evening. So the message was definitely received by those players on that night. Then you come back home, 
And this is a tough stretch here now. It's a tough stretch. You lose to OKC. We'll talk about that game coming up. You've got the Boston Celtics as we're taping on a Friday afternoon tonight at Amway Center. You've got Kawhi and the L.A. Clippers coming to town on Sunday before another difficult back-to-back at Miami on Monday. I was very surprised um, after that Oklahoma City game because usually defense is going to bail you out if you're the Orlando Magic, right? Usually you can hang your hat on defense. Yeah, they have to play defensive. They want to win. Every yeah. single night, though, they have to play grade A defense right. if they want to win. They didn't do that against Oklahoma City. Oh, my City. gosh. I mean, OKC's still scoring. I think I think Dennis Schroeder is still shooting threes at Amway Center. And I think we've found where teams can attack this Magic team, at least right now, and that's through the pick-and-roll defense. Nick Vucevic looked lost on that pick-and-roll defense, and Markel Fultz struggled a little bit, too. I think and they all did. Yeah. I, I think, I think I, we, you're just a, a step slow, two steps slow, you, coming you off the road trip. It's not an excuse, mind you, but give credit to OKC. They mm-hmm. went to the bucket a lot because I think they knew. I think they knew the Magic were kind of struggling with fatigue a little bit. Yeah, and without Jonathan Isaac. Th- that was the, one of the first games that I looked at where I was like, yeah. wow, they really miss Jonathan yeah, Isaac right. because usually if someone gets lost in that pick and roll, you yeah. see Isaac come out of nowhere and at least make it a tough come shot. Come from the weak side. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and they didn't have that for the first time since he went down. Yeah. And that was for the first time I kind of noticed, wow, I, you know, we do miss yeah. Uh, Jonathan, I, I don't think I've seen a Steve Clifford basketball team get beat so many times to the hole like they did in that OKC game. Layups, dunks, constant throughout the game. We're not accustomed to seeing with that. Uh, seeing that with the Orlando Magic, they're usually pretty solid defensively. Again, you got to give credit to the Thunder. They attack the bucket all night, but typically when the Orlando Magic score what 114 points like they did against yeah. OKC, it's a W. It's an easy W, Um, but that was not the case. Unfortunately, they gave up 120. You're within one with about four minutes and change to go, right? We talked about this yesterday. Yeah, it's like 108, 107, or 106, 105. Aaron Gordon misses two free throws. Yeah, misses two free throws, and then he had a turnover, and then he had a couple of missed buckets. Ample opportunity to kind of bust that game open late. You did not do it, and that's when OKC Mm -hmm. took over. So the Magic go into the Boston game, three games under the 500 mark. Um, they will take on a Boston team that is banged, battered, and bruised themselves, and we'll they get are. into that coming up. But somehow, some way, if you can get through this stretch over the next three games, if you can go two and two post road trip in those four, I think that sets you up nicely for the latter part of the season. Now. I said this on ESPN 580 this week, and I, I think it still holds true, even though it's been a few days. Uh, this Magic team just has to play 500 basketball the rest of the season to make the playoffs. Like I sure. and, and I don't. I think everyone would like to see this team make the playoffs and have a winning record, but I think it's pretty clear that the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference is going to be a team with a losing record, mm-hmm. and the seventh seed very well could be too, and I don't think Orlando is going to be able to do much better than the seventh seed when you start to look at the separation between them and Indy, who's getting Victor Oladipo back any day now, them and the Philadelphia 76ers, who are going to get healthier too. So all you need to do is play 500 basketball if you want to make the postseason, and as we get closer to the trade deadline... It is an interesting question. Should this team be kind of semi-sellers with some of the guys on the roster and Evan Fournier that are headed into what could be their final year? Because making the playoffs is nice, but 
you're miles away from being a real serious contender, and we've seen that this year with all the injuries and some of the deficiencies on the roster. Should they be sellers? I'm not quite sure about that. My mindset is to always go out and win basketball games and make the playoffs. Playoffs. You and I went to uh, the playoffs last year here in Orlando, and, yeah. and there is something very, very special about having playoff games in your arena. Will the Magic do anything? Will they be sellers? No, they will not. No, they will not. And and that's exactly, my mindset is exactly what the Orlando Magic's mindset is this year. And that is, win as many games as possible and go to the playoffs and get these younger guys especially more playoff experience. I think that will bode well in the future for guys like Markel Fultz, who, by the way, did not take part in the postseason last year right. for the Orlando Magic. And hopefully, was he even in the Amway Center for those? I don't. Oh think yeah, I so. think he was. Was he? he was on. I, he was I, on the I bench or something. He, I think he was. Well, he was certainly on the bench at the tail end of the regular season. Okay. Come playoff time, I, I think he was Nick. Okay. But I, I think that bodes well for him. I think it bodes well for Jonathan Isaac, who hopefully, hopefully, will see. Yeah, late February, March, maybe later. I don't know. Um, Mid March. Yeah, but 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 for guys like that, and a guy like Nikola Vucevic, who let's call it like it is, failed in the playoffs last year in that five game series against the Toronto Raptors. I think he's going to be much better for it this year. So in the end, is this team going to win an NBA championship? No, no, it's not. I think we could have said that before the season started. But if you're asking me if this team is going to be a buyer or a seller at the trade deadline, I think they're going to be buyers. With that said, um. You got a lot of injuries on this roster right now. So if you were to ask me about a month ago, um, would they be active at the trade deadline? I would have thrown Aaron Gordon's name out there. But because Jonathan Isaac and Al Farouk Amino on that front line are out right now on the injured list, you need warm bodies. I don't think you can uh, afford no. to make any deals no, by the I've, February yeah. 6th trade deadline. I said this last week, and I have not dug into some of the latest reporting on the Magic in terms of their trade deadline movement. Well, Josh Robbins actually had an article today okay. that I've been meaning to dig into and may talk about on ESPN 580 because he covers the team so well. But um, I, I said I said a few weeks ago, like I don't expect this team to be a, uh, a buyer or a seller really at the deadline, maybe a move or so. Mm. But because of the injuries... Who? What can you do? It's it's almost paralysis just by the injury where you can't give up a warm body. You can't make a move because you don't have anybody available to move. Um, I don't expect them really to do much of anything. Hope to get healthy and then maybe go on a run towards the end of the season. You mentioned you mentioned Aaron Gordon quickly, and mm-hmm. just this is a, a a thought that I've been kind of um, something I've been kind of thinking about the last few days. Aaron Gordon had that game against the L.A. Lakers where he went off the backboard to himself, yeah. and Aaron likes to play on the big stage, under the bright lights. Plays well in California. He does. He plays well in California. And I I pulled up the Aaron Gordon. The Aaron Gordon numbers this year mm. are awful. Hmm. Aaron Gordon is average. Have, have you seen them? Have you seen what Aaron I mean, Gordon's? I, I, I've I mean, like, seen I'm, them, but they didn't strike me as being awful. 13 and a half points a game. Mm-hmm. Down from 16 last year. This is a three-year low. Mm. This is, he averaged... 17 and a half points a game in 2017, 18, 16 points in 2018, 19. Now he's at 13 and a half points per game in 1920. Now I will say in terms of shots, he's taking, what is it? One less shot a game. Mm. The three point numbers are embarrassing. I mean, Aaron Gordon shooting 29% from three. Yeah. He's into the twenties now, 29%. He was up at 35% last year, up from 33%. The numbers have cratered on him. 
I'm saying this just because if you were to trade Aaron Gordon now, and he is the name that goes into every deal, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what you can necessarily... I don't think that there is going to be a huge market for Aaron Gordon in terms of you being able to get a lot of pieces for him. Well, if you if you read stories out of California over the last two weeks, you know that it's been rumored that Aaron Gordon's been on the blocks for a D'Angelo Russell at Golden State. Apparently there was a, mm-hmm. a, a Golden State official who went on... An anonymous, anonymous official oh, went wait, on Oh, wait, someone didn't put their name no on it? Oh. Or something like that. Okay. Um, but look, I, I think the issue with Aaron Gordon, we all know what Aaron Gordon is. 67% from the free throw line. Wow. I mean, I, that's just wow. the, the numbers. 13 points. I, he's giving you seven rebounds a game, which yeah. is about the same as last season. But he's shooting 67% from the free throw line. Mm. He's shooting uh, from the field 42%. And for a guy that scores up close like him, that number is not nearly high enough. It's down nearly 3% from last year. Yeah. And he's shooting 29% from three. Yeah. Like Aaron Gordon has not taken that next step. No. No. From last hasn't. season. Well, well, we went well, into the year really, saying, yeah. Really from year one. I mean, when you take a look at it, really from year one, because we all knew in year one, what is he? He's an athlete right now, mm-hmm. right? He's an athlete who hopefully hopefully will develop into a great athlete who is a great basketball player. Who is Aaron Gordon right now? He's a great athlete. We all mm-hmm. know that, right? We all know that. But but who is he as a basketball player? Is he a three-point shooter? No. Is he a, a slasher? No. Now, I will say this. Aaron is a very good defensive basketball player. But offensively, part of the problem is there is no identity with Aaron Gordon. Yeah, every you, every time he touches the basketball, I'm terrified. I, I, I hear you, and, and but you watched him out in California. Yeah. Right? Like he had his jersey retired out there at Archbishop. Those Mitty jersey High retirements School. have gone well for the Magic. He yes, and DJ Augustine. Can yep. we get someone to retire, I don't know, Nick Vucevic's <laughs> jersey at USC or something? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, played well out there in California. Um, but but look, when, when and, and Brian Hill made this point on Fox Sports Florida after one of the games, I think it was the Laker game at two o'clock in the morning. And that and that is when Aaron Gordon is at his best is when he is going toward the rim, going toward the basket. When he's falling away, when he's juking and jiving, when he's putting the ball between his legs and around his back. Don't and, do it. And and not having any purpose of play offensively, that's what you're talking about. That's when he gets into trouble. But when Aaron Gordon is at his best is when he is attacking. Yeah. And we saw that out in California, Nick. And we saw it on uh, in, in virtually every game out I there. I don't understand why it doesn't translate to the other 47 contiguous states i don't get it maybe he grew up in san jose maybe he just feels more comfortable out there playing in front of family and friends what can we do what can we do to bring california here dude what can i do i think aaron gordon last year under steve clifford made huge strides in terms of his identity having an identity because remember last year near the beginning of the season what happened in boston Right? Magic take on the Celtics I'd love to see see Steve Clifford do it again tonight. Coach Clifford got in Aaron Gordon's face, and from that point on, there was was a purpose of play with Aaron Gordon that we hadn't seen ever in a Magic uniform. I think he's kind of regressed this year. Now, why is that? Is that because— make the case he's peaked. Okay, you could. You okay. just, you just, you could, you could let, make the case he's peaked. Well, okay, oh, uh, number one. Well, that, that was that, that felt hot takey. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, that, that, my apologies. Th- that that is a possibility. A, he's peaked. B, um, one of the reasons why Aaron Gordon has been rumored to be traded is because there are a lot of people out there saying that 
Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon can't play with one another, right? That that if Jonathan Isaac is going to develop into what we think he can develop into, mm-hmm. that Aaron Gordon can't be there when he does that. So that's number two. Okay. Right? A, he's peaked. B, he can't play well with Jonathan Isaac. Um, or C, that this is who he is. This is this is who Aaron Gordon is. Thirteen and seven, not bad. A very good defensive player but a very inconsistent offensive player who is a great athlete, mind you, but not overall a great basketball IQ. So Jonathan Isaac was lost on January 8th against the Washington Wizards early in that game. I'm going to include that game. In the seven games since Jonathan Isaac went down, Mm -hmm. and and I'm not sure necessarily whose case is going to make. Aaron Gordon is averaging 14.5 points, Mm -hmm. 5.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. Um, he must be shooting it better, I would he, think. 50% from the floor instead yeah. of somewhere around 42. 39% from three, which is 10% better. Yeah. Still 60% from the free throw line. And I guess for a guy that when he's moving towards the basket is better, mm-hmm. the disappointing the disappointing number for me is that he doesn't shoot more free throws. I get he's 60-something percent, but he's one of the... He should be shooting more than three free throws a game. He's, That's an what he's averaging. Yeah, he, I'm just he's I'm an lost. enigma wrapped in a riddle. He he is. I mean, I, again, very good defensive player, but who is he? And if you were to ask, if you were to ask Aaron Gordon, who are you as an offensive basketball player? I don't know if he'd be able to tell you. I feel like he would just start rattling things off, and you'd have to say like, "Hey, like, I'm a huge fan of the the." Uh, I'm a huge fan of cooking shows. I watch a lot of cooking really? shows. Really? Oh, yeah. Top Chef, Chopped, um, Sweet Genius when it used to be on. I think it's not on anymore. I don't know. I didn't uh, picture you as a cooking show. Yeah, guy. I'm a huge cooking show really? guy, actually. Yeah. I, uh, I'm working on, ep- uh, what is it, season 17 of of Top Chef right now. They're in Kentucky, okay. um, which means bourbon. But uh, there's always a scene in some of in, in these shows where a judge or someone will look at one of the chefs and say, hey, you have to learn how to limit yourself. Mm. You have to learn, instead of using nine or ten ingredients, use four well. Yeah. And that, to me, is Aaron Gordon's no, I think you're problem. Right. Is I think Aaron you're right. Gordon is struggling yeah. limiting himself. When he goes up the floor, he wants to put it between his legs. And I would just ask Aaron, why do it? Why do it? Because I don't, you, I don't, don't mind, you don't have I, you, to. I, and, and, and I think you would agree. You don't mind all that, you know, it behind just needs the to back, be through the leg. But have there be a purpose yeah, to that, it. That's, that's what I mean, is I don't mind the sizzle as right. long as there is steak associated right. with it. Right now, it's all hot oil. It's just sizzle to stay with the cooking theme here. Mm. I need more steak from Aaron Gordon in his offensive game because there are too many times when he gets up to the three-point line in transition, goes behind the back, ball is in the left hand, he gives you a little bit of like a head bob, and it's like, and the defender's gone nowhere. <laughs> He's not buying any of that crap. And that's that's my problem with Aaron Gordon. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, purpose of play is an issue. You hope here in the final 30-some-odd games of this season that he's able to establish that ID as a basketball player, especially without Jonathan Isaac, because, look, we're going to need him. I mean, yeah. like it or not, we're going to need him. And and he's not going to be traded. He's not going to be traded by the February 6th trade deadline because you can't afford to trade a warm body like that. You just can't do it with, with Alpha Rucamino and with uh, with Jonathan Isaac out. So there, there there's a great athlete there. There's, there could be a great basketball player in him. But this is his sixth year now. Okay, this is his sixth year, and there are a lot of people who say, especially with these young kids, and and as young as Aaron was coming out of Arizona playing just one year, 
There are a lot of people who say after three or four years, you know, after three or four years, it used to be mm-hmm. like back in the day, like your NBA prime was like 28 to 31. And now your NBA prime is probably 25 to 28. We're almost there for Aaron Gordon. Oh, I don't know about that. You I don't think, think so? No, I think that prime actually, like you're, I think it's around 25. I think the prime is just longer. These guys okay, take yeah, care of their bodies. Right. I think you're right. It starts a little bit earlier because yeah. they get into the league younger, but I still think about all of the guys right now in the league. They're in their, th- I mean, they're, they're, th- they're 28, they're 29, they're sure. 30, 31. I think it's probably 20, 25 to 30, somewhere around there. Yeah. But that early prime, like we, I would expect to, we need to be seeing more from Aaron Gordon. Yeah. That, that's bottom line. That's all. Bottom, bottom line, line. Yeah. instead of taking a step forward, he has regressed, and that is concerning for this team. And we've had enough games since Jonathan Isaac went down where I don't think you can just blame it on, well, there's so much overlap because this should be Aaron's team. Yeah. I, I mean, and you just went over the numbers, though. Since Jonathan Isaac went down, his numbers are better compared to his averages this year. I don't know if it says a whole lot, but let's kind of hang our hat on that because we're going to need Aaron Gordon the final 37 games or so. We are. We definitely are. Um, What, what else do we want to get to here? Uh, yeah, um, we want to talk about the game tonight, Taco yeah, Falls. Yeah, like by the time you hear this, the game will probably yeah. have happened, but it's cool Taco Falls in Orlando. It is. I love that. Thank you, Boston. I love that, that the boss is – now the Celtics are – Battered and bruised. Aaron Baines is hurt. Well, uh, I'm sorry. They got, they got a lot of guys hurt. They got, Aaron, they got, Aaron Baines isn't on their team anymore. No, is he? he's on no, the Suns. The, the, I'm sorry. Uh, the Robert Williams is oh, hurt. Oh, the Time Lord. That's right. That's is right. Hurt. Tatum is hurt. Um, well, there, there are loads of uh, Enes Cantor has a hip That's injury. That's why the other big white guy. I'm <laughs> sorry. It was Enes Cantor is who I was thinking <laughs> the of. Big I'm Turk. Sorry. Yeah. There, oh. there are a couple other guys who were injured. So they they called Taco Fall up from the main Red Claws. Not only, I'm sure, not just because the Celtics need warm bodies, but Great also story, because though. it's it's in Orlando, man. It's in his hometown of Orlando. He's only played in in four games going into this one tonight. So I absolutely love that Taco Fall is going to be in a Celtic uniform tonight because you know what's going to happen. You know exactly what's going to happen at some point in time of the game, Ta- and probably go. late. There it Ta- is. Go. We've seen it in Ta- New York. Go. We've seen it in Boston, and we're going to see it in Orlando. Why he is that? He got seven All Star votes from players. Did he really? He got seven All Star <laughs> votes from players. He's played in four NBA games. And do I have this here? I want to. I want to tell you how many he got more. He got more All Star votes, um, than. Some other I I I'll, I'll get you these in a minute, but yeah, I love I absolutely love it. And and look, he's become a cult figure around the league, even though he's only played in four games. Why is that? Well, number one, you can't coach seven foot six, and I think there is a a natural curiosity over anybody who is that big and that tall. No doubt, he got more fan votes than Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons, Brad Beal, and Demonis Sabonis. Wow, that's I, I'm just. That's this guy has turned into a cult yeah. hero he's an in the NBA. Figure. Yeah, he he's, he's played him four games and he's an iconic figure. But I, you know, I think it goes past the whole okay, seven foot six or seven foot seven, whatever Taco is. I think it goes past past that curiosity. I think it's the way this kid handles himself. Yeah, more than anything, he's humble. Uh, he's very modest. He's he's hungry, obviously. Uh, he deals with the media really, really well. We saw that for, what, the three or four years that he was here in Orlando at UCF. He's such a good kid. 
Right? I think that's part of it. I think people want to see this kid succeed, and that's why they're screaming taco, taco, taco at the end of games. Now, we've asked this question many times. Why didn't the Magic either either draft Taco Fall in the second round or sign him as a free agent after the draft this past summer? Looking at his popularity right now, this does not surprise me because we both called it. We knew it would happen. We we both called that this NCAA guy is going to tournament be game exactly. against, against Duke, Duke. and yes. Zion. You knew he was going to blow up and yep. be a star. You didn't know how much substance there was behind the game if he could make it, but you knew he was going to sell jerseys. You yep. knew that he was going to be uh, a, a guy that, that gained a lot of attention. Isn't that part of it, right? Selling yeah. jerseys and marketing and... And you know maybe you send him down to Lakeland. And, I mean, like and he's you guys are fourth in the G League and blocks right now. Yeah, I, I, I we would love to have him, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt Lakeland would love to have him. I don't think I'm speaking out of line when I say that. I mean, when it comes to attendance, every G League team is trying to find a way to do better. Yeah, Taco Fall would draw UCF fans, yeah. no doubt. By the way, this guy's fourth in the G League in blocks, ninth in rebounds among I mean, all players. I, look, personnel wise, if if you're Jeff Weltman the team president for the Orlando Magic, you're looking at a team with three centers. How many teams carry three centers? <laughs> Very few, if any, right? But you're One. looking at Nikola Vucevic and Kem Birch and Mo Bamba, and especially you're looking at a Mo Bamba who was taken by you in the top half of the draft a couple of years ago, a guy who did not play well last year, yeah. and a guy who was hurt near the end of the season. So maybe you want to protect him from that. I don't know, but in the end, to me, I, this was I, a mistake. I, I signed Taco Fall to a two-way deal. I bring him up from Lakeland every now and then. I stick him down there. I think the Celtics have done a great job in beefing up his body. He's a different kid than he was last year two years ago, Nick. Yeah, he's much different. He's, he's a totally different kid. He's much more agile. He's, he's much got a little more, more nasty to him. A little more. You, you've noticed that. So, look, I, I think the Celtics have a long-term plan with Taco Fall. Um, and good for him. Good for well, this kid. He's such a great kid. Yeah, I think he's on the NBA roster next year. I hope so. No, I, I, I think, I think he is. Uh, he's a two-way deal guy this year. Um, I think that what the Boston Celtics do is they, they make him like their fifteenth guy next year, and you just see him work his way up that bench because, from what I understand, they have not been very impressed with some of their other bigs. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. rely on Enos Cantor too much. Right. I mean, though he's more of an offensive guy than Taco Fall is for sure, but. Yeah, I I think you're going to see this guy get rotation minutes for Boston next season. Look, there's always going to be a place for a seven foot six big man in the NBA. I get it. It's a perimeter oriented game. It's a little man's game right now. It's it's a three point shooting contest. But all Taco Fall has to concentrate on in the future is protecting the rim and offensive and defensive rebounding. That's all the man has to do. So. I, I wish him nothing but great luck, and I'm looking forward to seeing him at Amway Center tonight. Absolutely. And by the way, we didn't really get to this, but thank goodness Markel Fultz's hand is okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he went down in that Oklahoma City game, it was like, uh-oh. But uh, he will play tonight against Boston. We will see Taco fall, and we will be back next week. I promise. We will be back next oh, week. Really? This is our first it's promise. Pot. It's our first pot since January seventh. I know that's bad. It's been it's been bad. It's bad. been I, bad. I, I, well, I'm I'm in town all next week. So I know worry, I am man. too. Worry. I don't have a Lakeland right. game until a week from Saturday. Uh, next week uh, we will d- uh, dive deep into uh, Josh Majette, the best Lakeland Magic player. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he did come back though, which he is did. good. Yeah. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Uh, recap this weekend's games, the three game homestand, and a whole lot more. But until then, he's Scott Inez. I'm Nick Grunowitz. Go Magic. 